there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem. Of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shouldn't you be at work? Anderson! Off the line by Wegley and turned in by Bruce! As Stracker gets the corner in, Bruce! Top corner! Bruce arriving and Bruce scoring! Now it's going to be Brian Robson floating in there towards Steve Bruce! And it's in there! Sharp gets another go. Two decoy runs and Steve Bruce scores! Nigel Spink against Steve Bruce, and Bruce wins it, and United are ahead. Now, you know him better than anybody, probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Only Hutton! No! Hello, and welcome to Steve Bruce's Striker, Chapter 4. I really feel like... uh, I love this. I just love every sentence. Of it. Like, <laughs> and I'll be sad when it's over. But also, I am thinking ahead and going, we haven't even got to the Jaguar. <laughs> like, <laughs> we haven't got to the bit like on the moors. Like, this is fun, and we've not really scratched the surface. Yeah. We've had office-based setup essentially. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How many page? What page are we on? Uh, we are on page thirty-two. Thirty-two. Mm. I'd say this set list is a bit. Radiohead Glastonbury 2017 where it's just started very slowly and now it, the hits are slowly ramping up you know but the there's, a, there's a lot is, of big hits at the end know, of the you know that he's going to play the hits there's no chance <laughs> there's no that he's chance. not going to play the hits um, we've enjoyed it so far it's been an absolute pleasure I, we should say happy new year um, we are between series so thank you for listening to this we're going to try and put out um, well you don't know the exact moment of recording this but there will be a few episodes out to kind of Fill the quickly Kevin hole for Patreon users yeah. uh, in January. This being one of them, so we uh, we hope you enjoy it today. Michael is reading. Michael, do we need a little uh, recap? Oh yeah, previously. Uh, so previously, uh, chapter one is the murder of Duffy uh, Barnes with the knife in his hand. Carberry finds him. Chapter two is the uh, the police interrogation. Was that chapter two or was that chapter three? I think yeah. it's straddled both. It's straddled both. Yeah. Yeah. It's straddled yes. both. And then Harry Pickles interrogated him. Or, it's, it's, it's very loosely. Sir Lawrence Chairman has burst in on two occasions already. <laughs> yes. Did I draw this analogy before? But 
He's like the woman from the right way who bursts in and finds <laughs> Mr. Right uh, always in a compromising position. How many podcasts in 2021 are comparing a character to a character from the right way? <laughs> okay, chapter four. This one goes out to all the uh, female fans of Quickly <laughs> Well, you've had, of course, you've had requests to do audiobooks. The, yeah. the female listeners love Michael's voice so much. Really? Yeah, the, I his dulcet tones. Had someone else today tell me how much they like my voice on a video <laughs> call. I feel like you're putting it on it, but you're adding an extra ten percent. I'm, I'm taking it down a little lower. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's gone to your head. I know. I know the room. Hey, ladies, <laughs> sit back. <laughs> It's a shame, isn't it, that there's no romance in any of the... Um, um, the Julie subplot, you're just writing that <laughs> yeah, off, are you? What's wrong with it? I'd absolutely kill for Steve Bruce to write a sex scene. <laughs> like, um, and also, you're writing off the decades-long love affair with his wife, Susan. Yeah, who's barely pops up in all three books. And when she does. And is only a thorn in his side every <laughs> yeah. time, dragging him shopping. It's just a loveless look. marriage. Right. Okay, chapter four. No day has ever gone faster. Time is a strange thing. You sit through an exciting film or play a good game and 90 minutes pass as if they were five. On other occasions, you think you've been bored out of your mind for an hour and when you check the time, only five minutes have elapsed. That day, looking back on it, seems a confused jumble. My abiding memory is of crowds, questions, confusion, nothing achieved. Do you know what's interesting about this is Bruce is... This isn't the last time that he meditates on the idea of time. Mm. He meditates on it when he's waiting to meet... Um, ah, what's the, his mate who's the manager who meets... Peter Penrice. Peter Penrice. Yeah. <laughs> it's also... I think Chris pointed this out in Chapter 1. The tense changes. Yeah. So yeah. he's now reflecting on that day. Yeah. But also he doesn't know who's committed the crime as well. So there's this sort of weird temporal oh, jump yeah. all the time where yeah. that paragraph is him looking back on how he felt that day yeah and then the next i can see the next line we're back in the present mm. you say he doesn't know who's committed the crime it feels quite <laughs> it feels quite <laughs> obvious <that> you... <laughs> i was with the chairman when the first editions of the lettersford inquirer were brought in we were front page news true to his word harry pickles did his very best to make me and the club appear in a good light <laughs> I mean, why is Harry Pickles now the lead reporter? Uh, no. How do you think Pickles has painted him in a good light? What's, what's the headline here? <laughs> yeah. It's a real kind of Soviet Pravda vibes to this, isn't there? Like, uh, Steve Barnes is kind of Stalin and well, Pickles is the loyal editor. Yeah, well, we, we made How him long disappear. has Steve Barnes been with Sir Lawrence? I know he's meditating on time as it is, but Pickles is has only just left the interview. He's already filed and it's been printed. Yeah. It's supposed to be the next day, no? No, it's the evening edition, isn't it? The first, the... Well, he was waiting for a long time in the corridor before he was let in, so you'd imagine he'd have assembled a sort of skeleton draft already, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. full of compliments. <laughs> He's an experienced journalist, <laughs> yeah. he would have, yeah. Bearing in mind that he got almost nothing from, from Barnes in the room, and what most of what he got was off the record. <laughs> you'd have to hope he had most of it mapped out in advance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just slightly reading ahead, it's... It's the same day. It's not even late that day. So, wow. for all his flaws, Harry Pickles can turn around the copy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Experienced journalist. Yeah. Uh, true to his word, Harry Pickles did his very best to make me and the club appear in a good light. He stressed, 
that while there were police inquiries going on, no accusations were being made. There were no arrests, nor even the suggestion of imminent arrests. You'd think that's obviously he's, he's protecting Steve Barnes there as desired, but if you were just a fan of sort of law and order and justice being done, you'd be quite annoyed to, to read that there was such reluctance to make any progress at all with a criminal investigation. If the newspaper said, body found, police doing nothing, no accusations made, no evidence. Letters are paying on Friday. I wonder what Pickles went with. Was it just like... Well, Duffy no. out injured with long-term <laughs> death-related injury. Biscuit shortage <laughs> in manager's office. We'll be all over the television screens this evening, Sir Lawrence said, and in the national newspapers tomorrow. On the front pages too. The very worst kind of publicity we could possibly have had. I sighed. I shrugged my shoulders. Some things happen and we have no control over them. Whoever had wanted to harm Pat Duffy enough to kill him was also doing serious damage to the club. This kind of thing, Sir Lawrence continued, is going to take years to repair. We've nothing to feel guilty about, Why I said. Why are they playing the game on the Friday? It feels so bizarre. I mean, it just it just wouldn't happen. No. If Mason Greenwood was killed tomorrow... <laughs> they just get another frontrunner to replace him. <laughs> <laughs> Would all of the matches in the Premier League be off, do you think? I think just the next United fixture. You think? Yeah. yeah. Plymouth played, I'm sure I've said this, but Plymouth played on the night of 9-11 mm. against Swansea, 1-3-1. And then the all the games were pulled the following Saturday. So they obviously hadn't quite figured out what to do. Figured out what to do. There's that footage of George Bush being interrupted in the school. Yeah. And, and they're saying... Plymouth versus Swansea is going ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it is it. No wonder he looks so confused. <laughs> he was just sat there thinking, surely they've got to call it off. Swans, Swansea have already travelled down. <laughs> Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Have you ever wondered what it's like to bite into nerds' gummy clusters? They're fruity. They're tangy. They're gummy. And they're crunchy. Nerds Gummy Clusters, a union of fruity sweet gummy and tangy crunchy nerds. Unleash your senses. Shop now at nerdscandy.com. This kind of thing, Sir Lawrence continued, is going to take years to repair. We've nothing to feel guilty about, I said. What happens if the murderer... I assume it was a murder. What happens if he is an employee of the club? It certainly looks that way, I told him. Our security is tight. <laughs> and so it should be, Sir Lawrence said. 
We pay enough for it. <laughs> the lock. The <laughs> famous lock. The direct dub it to Chubb every month. <laughs> Look, Steve Barnes seems to be suggesting that it's up for grabs whether it's a murder or not. Does it, he said it there, right? we're saying it might be a murder. There's a police officer who said, this looking like it might be a murder inquiry. The man had a knife in his back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know he's got to move the book along, but I'm sure Sir Lawrence should be showing more concern for the dead boy. Yeah. Mm. But that's a running theme. Yeah. The complete lack of... It, it, it's, a, it's a club top to bottom sociopaths. Yeah. <laughs> Total lack of empathy <laughs> in every department, with the possible exception of Julie, who wants to fill everyone up with chamomile tea. Barnes doesn't care. Sir Lawrence doesn't care. Harry Pickles, positive spin. <laughs> you might argue that Pickles has too much empathy. He can't like for the people who are still alive. I just I glanced over at what I thought was the next page, but it was actually the final page and the jump in what was happening. I was just like. <laughs> what the fuck is Lawrence, going on? Sir Lawrence had stormed in. <laughs> Ever mindful of money, my chairman, and so he should be too. Any business is about making profit. The business person who forgets that essential point is in commercial trouble. Profits don't come by chance. They accrue from careful planning. I was fully aware that my buying and transfer policies were a critical part of the business that was led us for town football club. Sir Lawrence went to his drinks cabinet. His drinks cabinet? Of course he's got a drinks cabinet. He has a very well-appointed office. Luxurious in the modern style, I would say. He poured himself a brandy and ginger ale. He knows my taste in drinks and poured a full glass of mineral water. (laughs) (laughs) Ever the professional. I take it you are still teetotal, Steve, he said, with amusement in his eyes. Even after the travails of the day... If this continues, I shall be drinking heavily and smoking 60 a day, I replied. Right, he said. As he sat down again with the brandy glass cradled in the palm of his right hand, there has to be a concerted effort at damage limitation. At that moment, the telephone on the mahogany table rang. (laughs) Sir Lawrence was slightly agitated. He had asked his secretary to withhold all except urgent calls. Yes, he barked. He's an urbane guy. Smooth, polished, but he can show anger. <laughs> Consistent. <laughs> Every chapter so far. It would be so much better reading this now properly if Sir Lawrence had done it. So far, yeah. Sir Lawrence would be a much more satisfying. Yeah, mm. and then he got away with it by bribing the police or something. Yeah. Just thinking, there's probably a lot of paps outside the ground right now. If one got a telephoto lens out and snapped a picture of Sir Lawrence pouring himself a brandy <laughs> a mere hours after the star teenage striker had been merged in the dressing room, right sitting with the manager, clearly English. toasting that they pulled this <laughs> off. <laughs> I'm not sure they'd be able to get away with it. Even Harry Pickles wouldn't be able to chalk it up to just what an urbane chairman is. Oh, yes. Ask him to come in, he said, more sweetly now. It was Bill Brown. I've forgotten Bill Brown. (laughs) I've never heard of Bill Brown before in my life. Wow. It was Bill Brown, my agent. He had driven up from London as soon as the news reached him. We all shook hands, and Bill, looking somewhat dishevelled with no tie and his straggly hair all over the place, sat down next to me. It is no secret in many quarters within the football business there are people who detest agents, people in positions of power too. Sir Lawrence has never made any secret of his views in this direction. For him, agents are people the game could well do without. They inflate fees and raise the players higher than they ought to be. 
No doubt there's some truth in such views. For a player, however, or a manager, an agent has a more useful function. For managers especially, a good agent is vital. Management is a stressful occupation and often short-lived. In the modern game, there is little if any tolerance of failure. Sure, there are exceptions to the rule. When Sunderland went down from the Premier Division, <laughs> the club stuck with Peter Reid and he triumphantly delivered the goods within a year. Charlton Athletic, relegated last season, have likewise stuck with Alan Kerbishley. For the rest, however, the ground is littered with heads which have rolled. <laughs> oh, wow. Not at the moment, Steve. <laughs> I think that's interesting that he's really identified Kerbishley. Well, particularly given, A, it's an odd that he would use a recent example and do it, you know, with real names, because that's not really his style. But also, it's probably too early, though we know that Kerbishley went on to a very dignified and successful reign at Charlton. It's a bit too early to call whether it's worked out at this juncture, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Do you think he's sort of setting up the fact that he perhaps might get promoted and then relegated with Leathersford? Yeah, he's thinking, yeah. And saying, if you read this, you know, stick with me. That's <laughs> yeah, a smart Sean, move. Sean Deitch is another good example. Yes, yes. I do, I do take his point. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm no fan of Mino Rayola or whatever it's called. <laughs> Uh, but like there is a role for agents <laughs> I think Bill Brown I, from what I've heard so far I wouldn't put Bill Brown in the same category as Mini Raiola or whatever <laughs> Mini Raiola <laughs> I'd say it. I think, yeah it's Mino Mino Mini yeah he is a Mini Raiola <laughs> Bill Brown's a Mini Raiola actually he's <laughs> um, not as good he's like um, a new character I need to get my head around casting I'm thinking Tosh Lines <laughs> for Bill Brown yeah maybe yeah, yeah. I was thinking uh, Neil Pearson who's Neil Pearson from Drop the Dead Donkey um, oh yeah oh uh, yeah yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah Chris Marshall Chris yeah. Marshall <laughs> Robert Lindsay <laughs> give you a bit comical can not <laughs> how's I thought Sir Lawrence has only taken a really important call how's Bill Brown made it in there I guess because he's the manager's agent, agent. yeah, yeah. He, he slipped through the chub lock you don't want, I don't know if Bill Brown lasts all three books he, you don't want to get him it's you know in you're casting all the great British actors in this trilogy <laughs> it's not the same as getting Hagrid you know it's a small role isn't it Bill Brown many managers or coaches as we now say know more about a P45 than they do any other piece of paper what's, what's the piece of paper you reckon you know most about <laughs> I have to say blank yeah <laughs> Lined <laughs> blank. In such a situation where a vote of confidence in the morning can lead to being fired in the afternoon, it is necessary to have somebody batting for you. Bill Brown bats on my side. He knows the ins and outs of a contract. He represents many players and managers. There isn't a soccer situation he has not encountered and dealt with so far successfully I've wanted a list of the players and a kind of mix of fictional and real uh, that would have yeah, been yeah. nice yeah. Since Phil Neville <laughs> <laughs> Ian Wright <laughs> and Steve Grady <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe he's got another yes man in his entourage yeah. Yeah. Bill Brown another yeah. Brown Pickles Bill Brown actually goes into meetings with a copy of the Leathersford Inquirer and goes, just look at the write-ups he's getting in the local press. <laughs> he's surrounded himself. There isn't a soccer situation he has not encountered and dealt with so far successfully. Murder is a situation he has not encountered so far in his career. Damage limitation, Sir Lawrence said. I've been talking on the way up, Bill said, patting his mobile phone. <laughs> People like Bill may be on the motorway three hours, 
but they are still doing the business. He had been busy briefing journalists. He had talked to a firm of solicitors, big hitters in London. His, his contacts within radio and television had been informed. In all these contacts, Bill had been stressing that I was completely innocent, that I was caught up in a situation not of my own making, and that business as usual in terms of planning for good results. Bill Brown is doing all this without knowing for sure whether Steve Barnes is innocent. Yeah. He's like, right, get out yeah, there. What's, what's the intricacies of that as an agent? But then, were I to commit a murder? <laughs> or no, I'm sorry, to be accused of committing a murder. Not that any accusations have been made. <laughs> thus far. Uh, thus far, uh, as we've cleared up in this book. But were I to be in the frame for murder, I at least expect my agent to come out batting for me early doors. <laughs> like, it's, like, I don't it's the bare minimum, isn't I it? I don't think you can hold that against Bill Brown. That he's, he's decided to... Imagine if your agent came out and went, I would guess that he probably did it. <laughs> it was business as usual. Not least, the weekend game against Fulton was the order of the day at the town ground. All this was explained in detail to Sir Lawrence. The chairman nodded his satisfaction. I've asked a member of the agency to prepare a statement for Steve, Bill said to Sir Lawrence. It should have been fact through by now. He can read it to the press and the TV and radio people. Should I take questions afterwards, I asked. I think you ought to, Sir Lawrence said. It always looks bad, especially on television, if a statement is followed by an abrupt dismissal. It always appears as if there is something to hide. I agree, Bill said. That must have been a footballing first. An agent and a chairman in complete harmony. Do you think that people would naturally assume that he is the number one suspect? Because there seems to be a lot of focus on Steve, Steve Barnes has done this. I think if you're found with a knife in your hand and the guy dead, yeah. you're probably chief suspect. So if he is chief suspect, you just wouldn't have him in charge, would you? I think, no, actually, I think that's a very good point. I think a club would go... We don't think it's you, but We perhaps, don't think it's him. Yeah. Um, I think if I was running that club, I'd say... We're giving him kind of um, what's it called? Leave? Gardening leave? No, no, no. So that would compassionate leave. compassionate leave because yeah. he's you know he's knew the player and he just needs to have a, a break. Contrary to all the evidence you may see, Steve's actually quite cut up about this, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he insists he has a little break. I shall accompany you, but I shall say nothing, Sir Lawrence said, except to state my complete support for you and all members of the club in this unfortunate matter. Bill Brown nodded sagely. He took a comb from his breast pocket and tried to bring some semblance of order to his unruly hair. <laughs> Stephen Mangan? Uh, yes, Mangan. Stephen yeah, Mangan. Yeah. <laughs> Done. The facts had arrived. Julie brought it in. I had time to read it and digest it. Are we ready then? Sir Lawrence asked. I'd like to talk to Susan again, I said. Ooh. I had spoken to my wife earlier. Now it was a matter of bringing her up to date. I assured her that all was well and that there was nothing to worry about. She suggested getting in the car and coming over, but I persuaded her that the best place for her, for her at this time was at home, giving explanations and support to the children. Um, quickly, Susan, Pauline Quirk. <laughs> nice. I think, well, you don't even see Susan. So, you know, arguably... She's just, a picture, she's just Pauline Quirk's a picture on the desk. <laughs> <laughs> the, the desk which is substantially bigger than Eddie Carver's desk. Yeah, that's Eddie nice. Carver's got a picture of Linda Robson on his desk. So <laughs> Lawrence has got Dorian, obviously. I suggested that she should keep them out of school for the remainder of the week. 
I didn't want them to come under the spotlight in any way. I rang off and said that I was now ready to meet the throng. I so nodded. why is it his kids are getting compassionate leave? Yeah, he's pulling them out of school. But he's not. Also, do you? I mean, if you're if you're the kid, do you want to be pulled out of school? No. If someone had died at your parents' work, that is not a reason why you wouldn't go to school. <laughs> like. The club aren't reacting in any way to this death, but he's pulling the kids out of school for fear that another kid will say something. It does seem a bit strange, particularly for someone ruining his own lack of education as much as Steve does on quite a regular basis. <laughs> you want them to get every day they possibly can. Pauline Quirk finds herself in another drama where her husband might be locked up or otherwise. <laughs> we went to one of the upstairs function rooms. On our arrival there... We were met with a battery of flashbulbs, such as I have never witnessed before. Not even when I lifted the FA Cup and the European Cup as captain of Molecast United. Didn't need to include both of those. No. All those flashbulbs, all those reporters, TV cameras, microphones in such a restricted place made me realise how intense public scrutiny really can be. I sat down at the prepared table with Sir Lawrence. Bill chose to sit to one side away from the angle of cameras. He's my agent. He has no wish to share the limelight in any way. Not like Minnie Raiola. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Lawrence stood up. He's very assured when it comes to public speaking. It is an assurance I cannot match. Sure, I'm accustomed to interviews, but I never feel completely at ease. The commonly asked questions I can deal with, yet always in my mind... There is fear of the one that I cannot properly cope with. The one that will trip me up. Make me express something indiscreet. <laughs> <laughs> what is he worried about someone asking? Yeah, yeah. In a press conference. I'll, I'll get the players to relax. <laughs> <laughs> what happens on these Friday away days? <laughs> and you can be sure this will be the very remark that follows me like a zany for the rest of my career. What's a zany? <laughs> like a zany? That follows me like a zany for the rest of my career. Z-A-N-Y. Z-A-N-Y. <laughs> God, I can't believe I've been followed like a zany again. So, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're going to have to Google that. This could be the equaliser, surely. <laughs> like a zany? I can't even figure out the zany context. noun? No, it only what? means what we think it means. Yeah, is that, well, yeah that's Maybe one or... Maybe Word. He's missed a word. Like even, a, I mean, even then. Like a zany <laughs> missile. <laughs> Take a different and yet similar example from television. Many people have forgotten the triumphs of Brian Clough and with Derby County and with Nottingham Forest. And more, still cannot remember him as a player. But most people have a memory from TV of Brian hitting out at spectators who had invaded the pitch. Some images seem indelible. They cannot be erased from the public's consciousness. I think that is seen as a, a, a positive clip of Brian Clough as yes, well. Yes, it's very much like the Rolling Stones clip when uh, Keith Richards smacks a guy with a guitar who, yeah. are they at Madison Square Gardens or somewhere, somewhere comes on? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's celebrated. The introduction was brief. He expressed total confidence in his first team coach. Then it was my turn to address the journalists. Why didn't he? Surely he should have expressed condolence for the family of the dead boy. <laughs> they don't give a shit. Before we get to anything else... Obviously, it befalls me to say that Steve Barnes is just a fantastically trustworthy manager. (laughs) (laughs) 
Do you want to say anything about uh, Pat Duffy? Who? <laughs> <laughs> He's not the manager. <laughs> like Sir Lawrence and everyone at the club, I regretted what had happened to Pat Duffy. I regretted? I regretted. A minute ago they called it an unfortunate incident. Like Sir Lawrence and everyone at the club, I regretted what had happened to Pat Duffy. We sent deepest condolences to his family and would help them in whatever ways were possible oh, that is nice. in this, their hour of grief. We would assist the police to find the killer of Pat Duffy in every way we could. Whether the killer was connected to the club or an outsider, no efforts would be spared to unmask him. And or that her. Or her. <laughs> Julie's uh, been uh, eliminated <laughs> from inquiries. <laughs> At that time, though I did not say so, it was assumed by everyone that the person who had wielded the knife must be a male person. But there was really no reason why it could not have been a woman mm. or even a teenage girl. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. It's an interesting take. <laughs> yeah. The teenage boys of Lettersford breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> For all I know. I thought he was going to be make a very progressive point about gender. <laughs> <laughs> For all I knew. Pat Duffy had crossed some girl in love and she had exacted revenge. If she could not have her idol, then no one else would. Mm. He's are, really built up a, uh, a hypothetical yeah. story. Yeah. 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 There are many murders of passion, more indeed, than there are gangsters bumping each other off. <laughs> <laughs> fair. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. It's probably factually correct. In the meantime, I concluded... While there would be proper mourning at the club, it was necessary to fulfil our obligations to the Football oh, Association. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. That meant, in the short term, preparing for the Friday game against Fulham. He, Fulton, he does not give a fuck about Pat Duffy. <laughs> no. We will be going ahead on our mission of never conceding a goal ever again. <laughs> it's what he would have wanted. As soon as I finished reading my statement, which Bill's people had prepared well, Sir Lawrence announced that we could take a few questions. Then the noise and shouting started. I'm accustomed to noise from the terraces. I know about shouting on the field. Some spectators claim they detest players calling out, but it is a useful part of team cohesion during a game, just as it is on the training ground. But what the noise... What, what's that mean? What, what fans don't like hearing players calling to each other? No, they... They detest it. <laughs> I didn't, I've never... I've never heard that as a complaint. I hate the players calling to each other. Silence! Silence on the pitch! <laughs> I just don't feel they're playing properly if they're having a bloody chat. with it. You, sh you chant. You shout, talk to each other. Players. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have never heard someone shout before. Don't talk to each other. <laughs> Let's talk more action. <laughs> the, no the noise from the reporters was something else. I pointed to a man in the front row. Any guesses? Not Pickles. It was Harry Pickles. Oh, oh, Pickles. oh pathetic. Front row, front row seat. Front row seat. This he's was... had a busy day and he's filed a piece. He's come back for the... Well, yeah, I think, you know... Pickles I will think... be hosting the 10 o'clock news tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've got to say that Pickles has phoned his wife and said, this is an unprecedented situation. I'm going to... Take the kids out of school. There's been a murder. <laughs> <laughs> it was Harry Pickles. Paul Barnes is... 
kids missed three weeks of school over the trilogy. <laughs> it was Harry Pickles. This was a man with whom I felt safe. Harry Pickles led us for an inquirer, he said. He knew the custom of saying who you were and which... <laughs> okay, I'm going to read this as written. He knew the custom of saying who you were and which organ you represented. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's cheap to pick up on typos. But... <laughs> Could you say your name and your organ, please? Yeah. <laughs> Harry Pickles, liver. <laughs> Listen, I've been in this organ 20 years. <laughs> I know that is He also knew he was in front of the TV cameras and a plug for the Inquirer would do no harm. <laughs> Sorry. Who's, who's at home going, I should really get a copy of that? Watching the news. <laughs> the Inquirer, eh? Hmm. They, get the fir- they get the first question at every press conference. <laughs> I really should get my hands on a letter. Harry Pickles, Lettersford Inquirer, 60p. (laughs) (laughs) On a similar point, you know, uh, back when they were doing the Downing Street press conferences and the journalists could ask a question on the screen. And the journal, like they were rattling through, it was like BBC News, da da da. Fifth question in was like, I don't know, Dave Smith, Lad Bible. (laughs) (laughs) What? I saw that. How was that? That was an organ like Lad Bible. When you found Pat Duffy, why had you gone to the locker room? Pat doesn't drive, I said. I'd offered him a lift to the training ground. Why is Pickles bothered with that piece of shit? He's question. fed him that question, is he? What a waste of a first Steve, question. <laughs> Steve Barnes is going to ask me this. I've got a good alibi here. Absolute sycophant. Yeah. Pat doesn't drive, I said. I'd offered him a lift to the training ground. Because I couldn't find him, I went in search. I found him face down in a pool of blood. Another voice rose above the shrill cries. Ben Chambers, Northern Television. All heads turned <laughs> towards Ben Chambers and the, ins- and the assembled ranks of TV cameras. Chambers was someone I had not met before. Ooh. We've not met before no, either. it's very exciting. Go ahead, Ben, I said. <laughs> Is it true that you were going to play Pat Duffy in the first team on a regular basis? <laughs> and this meant he had enemies in the club. Oh, come on, you were oh, nasty. Nice. Nice. Oh, back, back to pickles, back to pickles. <laughs> <laughs> the implication being the moment you lose your place in the first team, yeah. <laughs> you're going to murder your <laughs> teammate. <laughs> Are they going to Solskjaer, Teddy Sharing, Randy Cole and Dwight York wandering around Old Trafford in the 90s with stab vests on? Yeah. Yeah. Where's this rude guy? Is it true that you were going to play Pat Duffy in the first team on a regular basis and this meant he had enemies in the club? Sir Lawrence was on his feet in an instant. The implications of that question are totally unacceptable. Pat Duffy was liked and admired by everyone in this club. Then why did somebody stab him? I shouted. <laughs> Fair play. Okay, that's one Neil Chambers. <laughs> I answered that one. The murder, if it was murder, is a matter for the police. Where are the police? A woman screamed her question, as if their absence from this briefing were in some way reprehensible. The police are investigating, I said. I'm sure they will make a statement when they are ready. The club and all members and employees will cooperate fully with the police in their inquiries. Everyone wants to find out who committed this terrible, this terrible deed. Deed. Mm. Can I just say, 
I don't think you'd do a press... I think the police would do it. Be a, at the press conference? Well, they do a press conference before you did it. I think you wouldn't be allowed to comment on it. You wouldn't be allowed to comment, let yeah. alone set a press conference out. I stood up. Tears were stinging my eyes. I'd had as much as I could take for one day. Two questions. <laughs> the memory. One of them an absolute softball. <laughs> one of them an underarm. <laughs> the memory of Pat Duffy, dead in the locker room, was too much. I may be in a position to make a statement later on, I said. The reporters crowded in on Just me. Made one. <laughs> I'm a big man, and I could have carved out a passage for myself through the ruck. However, I was on TV and the slightest suggestion of roughness on my part would be noted. For my sake, for the sake of the club, it was essential that I remain gentlemanly and dignified. I parried a battery of questions with as much politeness as I could muster until I was able to reach my own office and close the door behind me. That was well handled, Steve, Sir Lawrence said. I thanked him. We have to carry on as normally as possible, he continued, but I do not like the idea of a press gang besieging you at the training ground for the rest of the week. I need to be occupied, I said. Physical activity is essential at a time like this. You could slip away for a few days' holiday, Bill suggested, but that might seem heartless, young Duffy being dead. That decision I shall leave to you, Sir Lawrence said quietly, in his usual well-modulated voice. (laughs) (laughs) Well-modulated. I have every confidence in you, Steve, he paused. I shall be in my office. I suspect that this is going to be a very long week. A very long week indeed. Until the murderer is found, I said. Sir Lawrence nodded politely to Bill and left the office. I called Julie in. Is someone getting shut of the press? I asked her. The security people are getting them outside right now, she said. Is there anything you need? Two cups of chamomile tea. (laughs) I said. Two? Two? Two cups of chamomile tea, I said, raising a ghost of a smile for the first time since finding Pat Duffy's body. I'd have thought two large cans would be more in order, Bill said, but he did not oh, question my choice further. For... Okay, oh, he's ordered for fine. Bill. Okay. The two of us sat together. Bill, cans. <laughs> two large cans. <laughs> what what like a large way to say, like, two, a couple of beers or something. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Two large special brews. <laughs> the two of us sat together, drinking our tea, no milk, no sugar. And chewing the fat. <laughs> yeah, no more, no sugar. Of course. Camomile. That would be absolutely bizarre <laughs> with chamomile I don't think he really knows what chamomile tea is. <laughs> no. I threw a lot of questions at Bill, and he always came up with sensible answers. I felt as if I were talking to a good friend, someone prepared to listen and answer sympathetically, and not merely someone who looked on me as a business proposition, a big earner to be robbed of a percentage of all his earnings. Some agents may be crooks, Others may be sharper than is good for them, but with Bill Brown, I had no complaints. Still less at the close of what had been a hectic Monday. One thing's for sure, Bill, I said. What's that, mate? Whatever happens the rest of the week, it can't get worse than this. (laughs) The first day. (laughs) In case you weren't sure if Monday was the first day of the week. You're right there, Steve, Bill replied. You are absolutely right there, my friend. In fact... I was completely wrong, and so was Bill. The week could get worse, and it became worse faster than either of us anticipated. Earlier, 
I'd asked Julie not to allow anyone into the office, except, of course, the chairman, and she could not, in any case, have kept him out. My mobile phone was on, but in answer mode. <laughs> What's what? that then? <laughs> is, that, is that straight to answer phone? I don't know if that's ever been a mode. Because I would say that is uh, having your phone off. <laughs> <laughs> I rang regularly. I'd have switched it off completely to gain a bit of privacy, but I didn't want to exclude Susan or either of the kids if they were to call. Therefore, I was surprised when Julie opened the door. I'm sorry, she said, but they insisted. They, in this case, were the two detectives, <gasps> Chief Inspector Dave Shannon and Detective Sergeant Widdowson. Sit down, I said affably. Any new developments? Shannon looked at Bill. This is Bill Brown, my agent, I said. Anything you have to say can be said in front of Bill. I noticed that neither detective made any effort to sit down. I'm very tense at this point. Mm. I don't know how this scene's going to end. This meant they did not intend to stay long. Brilliant. But the good thing is, the money I've spent on the set for his office is getting more used <laughs> still. <laughs> for another key scene. Shannon cleared his throat. My heart sank. It suddenly occurred to me that the reason they had declined my offer to be comfortable was because they had something formal to say. You are Mr. Steve Barnes? Shannon asked. You know very well I am, I said. What the hell's going on? Bill asked, his voice betraying his alarm. Your address is... He recited the whole of my home address, oh. even stating in the county of Cheshire at the end. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are good. Steve Barnes, 1 Barnes Road, Cheshire, <laughs> the earth, <laughs> the universe. <laughs> I nodded my agreement. In my brain, there was a terrible feeling of foreboding. <laughs> Steve Barnes, by the authority vested in me, I am placing you under arrest. Uh, I didn't remember this. Arrest? What the hell for? I shouted angrily. My interruption meant that I missed the whole of his warning. But I took on board the fact that I was not obliged to say anything. But he had the right to take down what I said, and if I chose not to speak, that would also be noted. What a bizarre way to sort of not say the full version of the rights. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he say a couple of chapters ago that they don't that, say that? They don't that. say no, that. They don't that use that form of word. Oh, okay, so he's, right. he's aware of the exact form of words and he's traded on that twice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember him being arrested when I read it the first time. I do, do remember this, actually. Remember the, the double revelation that he lives in Cheshire and he's under arrest. <laughs> 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 but I took on board the fact that I was not obliged to say anything but he had the right to take down what I said, and if I chose not to speak, that would also be noted. People no longer have the absolute right to silence, which we once enjoyed in this country. Suddenly, for all my physical fitness, I felt weak. There was a large hole where my stomach should have been. I sat down before I fell down. I didn't do it, I said. He was dead when I found him. I just could not believe the words which I had just heard. Please come with us, Widowson said, putting a hand on my arm. I tried to shake him off. Don't make me use the cuffs, Steve, he said. Once we reach HQ, Shannon said, you will have the right to contact your lawyer. I'll do that now, Bill said angrily, and let Susan and the kids know, I asked him. No problem, mate, Bill said. Leave it to me. 
he turned to Chief Inspector Shannon. You're making a big mistake, Shannon. A very, very big mistake. You understand? A bloody great mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Increasingly unhinged. We're talking career options here. I wondered from which movie Bill had plundered that last remark. (laughs) We're talking career options. Does does that mean you won't be a policeman much longer with this sort of thing? Possibly. It's a veiled threat Mm. that Barnes and, and Bill are such a powerful couple that it certainly doesn't sound like a rock solid movie quote we're talking career options <laughs> no it sounds like what you'd say to someone who's doing their GCSEs mm. <laughs> what, yeah. we do, what we doing this afternoon <laughs> 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 <A> career option <laughs> I wondered from which movie Bill had plundered that last remark suddenly what Bill had said struck me as funny I started to laugh it must have been the tension For in truth, the situation was not funny. Not funny at all. End of chapter. Oh, wow. Oh, God. Wow, this is really ramping up. I I didn't know he got arrested. I'm excited to see how he gets out of this. So Lawrence noteworthy by his absence at the end of that chapter. (laughs) So Lawrence failing to storm in. Passed out, pissed at home, probably. For all his literary shortcomings, Steve Bruce knows how to write a cliffhanger. Yeah. it's It's like a series of 24. There's yeah. a lot of shit to drudge through. And then right you, at the end, you're like, oh, I can't wait for the next chapter. Steve Barnes, sorry, Steve Bruce, has uh, planned it out quite heavily before writing it. Or do you think he's writing on Instagram? He starts with 20 cliffhangers. And that's how he does the chapters. <laughs> I would bet he's got just post-its on a wall, chapter by chapter. And that's it. That's it. That's it. Five Minimum. post-it notes saying, Sir Lawrence bursts in and he can't <laughs> use them next to each other. So he's got to break them up over the course of the story. <laughs> well, it's been an absolute pleasure. And um, we'll be back next month to see what happens. Chapter five. I'm genuinely excited. What a pleasure. Thank you very much. Robbie Slater. See you later. So there we go, another chapter of Striker in the bag. And if you want to just binge all these episodes in a row, we've got the first two books, and we're really doing this to celebrate the fact that the third book is getting completed before we end quickly, Kevin. And don't forget, there are loads of episodes. We've been doing two bonus episodes a month for years. So if you really love Quickly Kevin, there is so much extra content on the Quickly Kevin fan club that you've probably never heard. To sign up, go to anotherslice.com forward slash Quickly Kevin or just go on your Apple podcast app and chuck us a subscribe on that. We'll see you next week. Robbie Slater, see you later.